Hello, 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 fact friends and fiends. We are welcoming back a favorite, because as we journey toward the end of spooky season, there is but one friend in particular that can take this journey with me, and that is... Madison, that's with two N's and a Y, but not where you think. Just kidding, <laughs> the normal spelling. The splash spelling. Yeah. Madison Bateman is here, and if you saw the title of this episode... Oh, God. It, Well, uh, you're going to hate me anyway. Oh, no. Okay. If you saw the title of this episode and thought, oh, this will be fun, and the concept of America's horrific history of slavery makes you uncomfortable, get over it. Oh, it's, good. Ugh. It's real. It happened. And here we go. We have to talk about it. So picture it. I, I'm on for a journey I wasn't prepared for, huh? Oh, yes. You were. Which is sad because I gave you the title of the episode. No, but you know what? I said, just gonna let it be a surprise. Just gonna go in blind. That's the best way to come into these episodes. Know nothing and roll with us anyway. Here I am, ready for trauma. Yep, picture it. New Orleans, 1787. If anyone knows anything about New Orleans around that time, they're already girding their loins. (laughs) New Orleans is often associated with the French. But at the time, it would be currently under Spanish control, bustling with immigrants from Spain and its colonies, in addition to the French and the English, and the heinous crime of owning other human beings. Which, you know, slavery. And therefore, the slaves they brought with them. The city hadn't yet taken on the aesthetics that we commonly associate it with today because... Most of the buildings were made out of wood. And what do we know about wood? It burns. It does. And this is what doomed large portions of the city when the Great New Orleans Fire broke out on Good Friday in 1788. I feel like all fires somehow become the Great Fire. I mean... Every city seems to have a Great Fire. San Francisco, Chicago, apparently New Orleans. 856 buildings were destroyed. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't think it's great. You're right. The terrible fire. I would call it the sad fire. Yeah, I just think that maybe there's some PR going here that I just don't approve of. But comparatively to the fire in 1794, that was only 212 buildings. But I here's the thing. It was on Good Friday, and it's the Great Fire. I think there's also a, a missed opportunity to call it the Good Fire, Good Friday. The Good Friday Fire? I don't know. Just... The Good Friday? Yeah, I just think that they were a bit lazy in their naming. I agree with you. I think that, well, it's America. We just steal names from everything else. Yeah. Paris, Texas. Yeah. Actually, my best friend's parents are in Paris, Texas. You know? They've got a mini Eiffel Tower there. Shout out. Did you know in Memphis, Tennessee? They have the Parthenon? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, which doesn't make any sense because Memphis, Egypt, and if you go to Memphis, their zoo is all Egyptian themed. But why do they have a Parthenon? I don't know. That's Greek. Yeah. I don't know. It's not all Greek to me. (laughs) They also have, okay, you know what? I am originally from Tennessee. Time to roast. So they have this giant replica of a pyramid made of glass and it was beautiful and then Bass Pro Shop slapped their ad on it and it looks stupid like it was a beautiful thing and now there's a bass pro shop and then it is a boil on the butt of humanity (laughs) i do not understand so like when you're crossing the river bridge it's just like bass pro shop and i'm like oh great another place i don't want to go 
Except, I don't know, I grew up, uh, my dad was a, like, bass fisherman. Recreationally, not professionally. Um, and so, boy, I spent a lot of time in bass pro shops. And they this is not an cool. ad, but boy, what a time. I mean, they are kind of pretty and unique, each yeah. one, because it's all the flora and fauna of yeah. the area. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, it gets boring. Um, so, where were we? Um, you, how many buildings were destroyed in 1794? Got you. These disasters are what led the city to rebuild with brick. So smart. Oh, yes. Which many of the distinctive buildings with wrought iron railings that we now associate with the French Quarter, ironically, this architectural style, including the courtyards and ironwork, come from Spain and Spanish colonies. What? Shot. Plot twist. Plot twist. It is the unique corner. Huh. Yeah. Who knew? I didn't. I, I can't wrap my mind around that. Flabbergasted? Gobsmacked. She's gobsmacked. Completely gooped. So now, what else was happening in 1787? Well, the city of Freetown was founded by free slaves. Freetown is a port city in the capital of Sierra Leone in West Africa. It's known for its beaches and historical role in the transatlantic slave trade. The town's centuries-old cotton tree is a symbol of emancipation. On the waterfront is the King's Yard Gate, through which former slaves walked to freedom. That's nice. There's not a lot here to be funny about. No, there's not. That's something we can be happy about. I agree, yeah. Oh yeah, no, this is a rough one. So we're going to go back to Louisiana Territory, right? We have Marie Delphine McCarty. She's born in New Orleans to a family of paternal Irish immigrants. So the McCartys were high society, part of the European Creole community. Her Mm -hmm. uncle Esteban Rodriguez Miro was the governor of Louisiana and Florida. Can you believe? And Florida? Yeah, that was a double. You know what's a weird thing about Louisiana? What? Well, just the Louisiana Purchase. Aaron Burr tried mm-hmm. to suggest that basically the basically he was like, hey, how about the Louisiana Purchase? Obviously, that's not what he used, but um, I, I, I and buy it. they tried him for treason, and then Jefferson did it years later. Shut up. Yeah, that's pretty funny though. Isn't that crazy? Aaron Burr, you know, kills Alexander Hamilton. And then is like, hey, guys, I don't know. Could we expand our our nation by buying this plot of land? And everybody was like, shut up, Aaron Burr, you traitor to our nation. Cut to a couple of years later. Jefferson's like, hey, let's expand our country by uh, buying this plot of land. And everybody was like, amazing. Wow. Brilliant. Dude, man, raw deal there. Yeah. That's really funny information to know. Mm-hmm. So... But that guy was governor of Louisiana and Florida for six years. That's a long time. Two of the worst states. Sorry to everyone. You don't shade it, especially when it comes to Florida. I've roasted Florida a lot. I mean, deserved. Her, she had a, cus- a cousin. She had a cousin, Augustine de McCarty, who was the mayor of New Orleans from 1815 to 1820. So the mayor of the city. Okay, so she's well-connected politically. And socially. Family rich white people, right? And how do white people get rich in the 1700s? Um, owning enslaved 
enslaved people? humans. That's exactly it. Oh, dear. So, one He's of... got less fun. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> one of Delphine's uncles was murdered by his own slaves in 1771. Good. We love... We love it. The beginning of a series of slave rebellions that sparked fear among slave owners in the South and in the Caribbean. Classic. As a result of their fear that they were at risk for dying, for owning and mistreating other human beings, they made the conscious decision to... Um, be worse? Yup. Okay. Be absolutely uh, worse. Okay. So they're getting murdered for treating people horribly. So they were like, you know what? We're going to double down. The classic double down. The classic double down. You know, it's never good when you double down. If you have to double down, just know that you're wrong. You're wrong. So this is Delphine McCarty's life. This is what she was born into. And this is what her family did. And let me tell you, she did not do anything by halves, including marriage. So her first husband. Okay. Ooh. Oh, first yes. of several? First of several. Oh. Who she married at the classic age of 13. Ripe old age. Ripe. Indeed. Oh, I, I, don't, I didn't even like joking about that. It makes me sick a little bit. It does. Oh, it's going to get worse from here, huh? It is indeed. She married at the classic age of 13. Was a high level Spanish royal officer. Now, she was meant to travel to Madrid with him in 1804, but he died, quote, unexpectedly en route, and she returned to New Orleans, having just given birth to their daughter. Oh, no. Now, that's a young age for a mother. I could barely operate my easy-bake oven, let alone care for a baby. Oh, but here's the thing. You forget that Republican lawmakers think that 13 is... Oh, Just it's perfect a prime age. age for motherhood. Exactly. And lucky for her, she was rich as fuck. So adultier adults took care of that baby. She got to keep on playing that piano or whatever. Yeah. Let's just face it. It wasn't adultier adults, you know. Yeah, they, they were it was, like. It, it was enslaved women, I'm sure. It definitely. It's four years later, 1808. She's 17. She marries again. This time. A banker and a politician. Oh. This is Jean Blanc, who bought her a house at 409 Royal Street, which became known as Via Blanc. Okay, I like how this white woman literally married someone whose name was White. Incredible, right? It was a classy white, though. <laughs> they dressed it up in French. They put a put a little doily on it. A little doily. Yeah. <laughs> they had four children before Jean died in 1816. So they were married for eight years, had four children in those eight years. That's rough on a body. That is. She's had five kids, man. Now that's what happened before the pill, you know? I'm just saying. So she starts out 13 years old, marrying a guy in 1804, by 1816, she's had five kids, right? She's now known as Madame Blanc. And she has a house at 409 Royal Street, Via Blanc. I do just want to take this opportunity to shout out my IUD. Thank you. Exact. This is not an ad, but maybe it is. Maybe it is. 
Thank you to our sponsors, Skyla IUDs. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsors, uh, Nexplanon. <laughs> this time, Delphine waited nine years. Oh. 1825, before marrying again. This time, she nabbed a younger man. Ooh. His name was Leonard Lalaurie. Leonard. It might be Leonard, but I like Leonard better. <laughs> I don't know. F- I, I did take French, so I can't help you with that pronunciation. <laughs> I did take French, and I'm still liking it better. Okay. Um, he was a physician, so they are, like, well off, even beyond what she had inherited from the previous two husbands and her rich white family also. So she brought the prop. She bought the property at one one four zero Royal Street. So she had one at four oh nine. Now she has one at one one four zero, and well, she managed you know, it you herself. Just, you just want to move down the street. Okay? You want property. You you don't. There's a lot of things to move house. She didn't want to move clear across town. There was exactly. an opening. Just it's a short move. Yeah, and when, you, when you have a young husband, he needs more room. Oh my God! Do you know she was probably like. Oh, can you move this bureau drawer, my love? And then he was like rippling with his muscles, taking off his like white linen shirt. She was like, like his physician <laughs> ripped. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. He was a physician. Yeah. But I right. like to imagine that he was also ripped. Yeah. No, I agree. I like to imagine that it was either he was super ripped or it was like Colin remember, Firth in um, Pride and uh, Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. But think about it. Like physicians had to move their own patients back then. So, yeah, he was definitely ripped. And, you know, he was, like, probably, like, cutting off legs with saws. Oh, yeah. That's that's And a he workout. had made some money. Yeah. Well, you know, he didn't have to go to school. He just was, like, a gentleman scholar, probably. Oh, totally. So, she managed it herself, this okay. new property, building a two-story mansion <laughs> with attached slave quarters. Ugh. She was a central figure in New Orleans society. Mm-hmm. Just as her parents had been. So now she is Madame La Laurie, and she has now been birthed into her own. And remember, this episode is entitled The Dread La Laurie Mansion. Yeah, yeah, you add the dread in there, and now I do dread doing this. Get ready to dread more. <laughs> so, elsewhere in history, 1811, there's a massive slave revolt, the largest in American history, called the German Coast Uprising. So, over a hundred slaves started marching from sugar plantations on the east bank of the Mississippi River, heading towards New Orleans and picking up more men along the way. The march was 20 miles long and lasted for two days. And the rebels, armed with only hand tools, burned down five plantations, several sugarcane mills, and many crops. Of course, white people couldn't have that. So they formed militia companies, and with the support of the U.S. Army and Navy, put down the rebellion. Interrogations and over a hundred executions followed, with the bodies of the rebels put on display as a warning. Because America is fucking heinous. Absolutely fucking heinous. (laughs) I really hate, especially that they're like, no, no, it is not we who are wrong. It is them. It is them. It's like that Simpsons meme. No, it can't be me who's wrong. It's the children who are wrong. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. So, there's another thing that happened in the 1800s, and uh, our least favorite person. Oh, Andrew Jackson? Uh, Major General Shitstein. 
Major General Shitstain. Yeah, because we're not at 1828 yet, so he's not president. Oh, no. We are following the... Do you like how I just knew that? Number oh, one? yes, we know. I, I, was, I wasn't even shocked that you knew Thank you. when this loser... Here's the thing. Um, it's only because of bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson. Um, if there's a musical about it, I know. Pretty sure it was 1828. Somebody's gonna be at home like, "Emmyo, it wasn't." Uh. You know, like, sorry. Well, I would ask that person, "Why do you care so much?" Actually, I would ask that person to find me on the internet and please politely um, correct me because I just correct us at the show at t a l k a b t f a c t s. And tell us. I will make a whole episode Yeah. to that one thing for you and shout you out. Thank you. Uh, in my la- in last week's episode, I told Robbie the story about how when I was on a date, mm-hmm. they told me that their favorite president was Andrew Jackson. What? In a fugue, I walked two miles home. I left my scarf at the restaurant. Oh my god, like a Taylor Swift moment, you left your scarf there. I just walked. How? What? Did he tell you why? Or she, I don't know. Did they tell you why? Bro, if they did, it was gone. I mean, I'm sure, I can't, I- Gooped is the, that is it, I was gooped. Uh, How did no other red flags appear before I saw this person face uh, to face? I just, uh, what? What possible I am a discerning reasoning. person. Yeah, I know. How did I make it that far? How, how did they arrive at this conclusion? I mean, are they like, actually, I just, I love the Trail of Tears. Love it. A plus. Is it, what? Old Hickory is what I call my boner. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so our least uh, favorite person, General Shitstain Jackson. Mm-hmm. Following on the heels of that brave insurgency and the absolute cowardice of rich white men was the War of 1812, where we spanked the Brits again. Mm-hmm. The British attempted to conquer New Orleans. It took them three years to be defeated, because you know. They've got money. And the War of 1812 actually was the war of several years. Yeah. And with the combined efforts of privateers led by Jean Lafitte, and the United States oh, yeah. Army, led by Major General Shitstain. Boo. It was a spectacular failure on the part of the British, including mm-hmm. a defeat in January of 1815, where 2,000 out of 9,000 British troops were lost. So Shitstain and his troops remained in New Orleans to maintain martial law until the conflict finally ended mid-March. I like how you said lost. What a euphemism. It's not like they wandered off into the woods and couldn't find their way back. They was dead. They was dead in the water. And let me tell you, with the state of the British um, leadership right now, a moment. We are not having a moment of silence for Liz Truss. Oh, no. Oh, no. I swear. She didn't even last a quibby. How much she didn't last a quibby? Uh, I'd like to measure things in quibbies now. Also in New Orleans going on, okay? There's an influx of settlers. The population of New Orleans doubled in the 1830s. The Marquis de Lafayette and his friends. Oh, 
We all love the Marquis de Lafayette. He was hot, apparently. I've decided. I mean... I mean... I think we agree on that. We've seen the movies he he was portrayed in. Yeah. I've I, seen David Diggs. Yeah. 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 And hot. I mean, even in that one movie that had that one guy in it, but like... The Marquis de Lafayette, I think it's called The Patriot. I don't remember who's in it, but I remember that there was the Mar- Marquis de Lafayette. I remember General Cornwallis. I don't remember if Lafayette was in it. Oh, he was 100% in it, and he was hot. Okay. See, Alice said so. Yeah. She said Wood Smash. Okay. Wood Smash. Okay. Um, he played. A, he was played by a French guy. But I would hope so. <laughs> uh, look, I'm trying to get the last word. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, this is, uh, just real short on laughs, everyone. Uh, he and his pals, Prince Akil Murat, who was the nephew of Napoleon Bonaparte, which, by the way, did you know, because uh-huh. we covered this in another episode, that Napoleon Bonaparte's brother, the former king of Spain, went to Jersey and saw the Jersey Devil. No. Deadass. I mean, Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. That's just a tidbit for the teehees. <laughs> like, yo, Joey Bones. Joey Bones. Did you catch that Jersey Devil? <laughs> uh, okay, right. so, Napoleon. Can, they're among the newcomers. That It was the nephew of Napoleon. Uh-huh. But German and Irish immigrants also pouring into the city as well. And they're tipping the scales towards making French speakers the minority in what had become the wealthiest and third largest city in the U.S. Well, I think we can assume that a large part of that was because of enslaved labor. I agree. So let's get into the slave-owning assholes, right? So as one can imagine, in a time of upheaval or with such an utterly charming serial monogamist as Delphine Lalaurie. I mean, do we know she was a serial monogamist? I mean, she got married. She could have been boning around. She could have. I put serial monogamist in... In quotes? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't see the quotes when you, you said it. Oh, yeah. I should have done them outside. Yeah. But, you know, now they know. Now they know. It's very We all now. know. We're all on the same page. Okay. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. In the La Laurie mansion. Yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to find the humor here. Well, she did get the seven-year itch because mm-hmm. in 1832, she couldn't mysteriously kill one of them. Or, well, I she say died. one of them. She couldn't mysteriously kill him sure. for some reason. Because the other two died. And I'm not saying she murdered them, but I'm not saying she didn't. Yeah. We don't know. So she filed for separation on the grounds of abuse. Which is something she, of all people would know something about because Delphine LaLaurie was a particular type of abusive human being owner, abusive slave owner. Contemporary accounts described that the enslaved people under her control, the slaves that she owned at the LaLaurie mansion, um, were unusually haggard and Ooh. wretched looking. I don't like that for them. Uh, yeah, no, we don't. Okay, I hate her now. Yeah, good. Uh, Despite her being polite to and concerned about the health of the black people when others are watching. Oh, that's insidious. Insidious it is. 
She was one insidious bitch. But we still see that a lot today, right? We do indeed. It is Southern culture to appear to be concerning in front of others, but behind closed doors, you slap the shit out of whomever. So funeral registers indicated the deaths of one dozen slaves at the Royal Street household between the years of 1830 and 1834. What? Twelve and four years? No causes of death were given, but public rumor about how Delphine was treating the enslaved humans at Royal Street were so widespread that a lawyer was sent to remind her about the laws regarding the treatment of slaves. He did not personally witness any evidence of Delphine committing any crimes. But you know what? Let's just unpack this. She was so abusive that even a culture that entirely hinged on the ownership of other human beings said, hold up, you've gone too far. We need to dial this back. Yeah. What the fuck you doing? Yeah. Okay, brace yourself. Oh, God, okay. As I used to say, hold on to your tater tots. Hold on to your tater tots. I wish that I had tater tots for this. For this moment? For this whole I have a hairbrush for you to hold. It's actually oh. quite warm for no reason. Um, well, I can use this can. Okay. Today well, I'm drinking um, some Nixie peach black tea. Hopefully that will satiate any thirst. This is about to get real bad real fast. Okay. Okay. We can make it through it because we have to talk about these things. That's true. One of LaLaurie's neighbors had witnessed Delphine chasing an eight-year-old girl across the roof of the Royal Street Mansion with a whip, driving this child off the edge of the roof in an attempt to escape the whip. This prompted an investigation and charges of illegal cruelty, as opposed to perfectly legal cruelty, against the La Lauries, who were punished by being required to forfeit nine of their enslaved humans. But they made a little runaround about that Uh. because they had a relative repurchase those people Uh. and return them to Royal Street. It was around this time that stories circulated that the cook had been kept chained to the kitchen stove and Delphine beat her own daughters when they tried to give any of the enslaved humans food. What a monster. A fucking monster. Delphine, by the way, she's going to be a monster and uh, get used to that. Yeah. Wrap your mind around that now. So the story, I hate her. I hate her. I hope she dies really horribly. Oh. We'll find out. Okay, well, from your face, it doesn't seem good. Okay. The stories of the cook being chained to the stove were found to be true oh. in 1834 when the LaLaurie house caught fire. <gasps> no! The fire started in the kitchen. When emergency services arrived, they found the cook, age 70, chained to the stove by her ankle. Later... Oh. A woman testified that she had set the fire and attempt to take her own life, but because she was afraid of being punished. Slaves who were punished were taken to an upstairs room and never came back down again. This is a mansion in fucking New Orleans. Rough. The newspaper, the New Orleans Bee, reported 
on April 11, 1834, that people responding to the fire tried to evacuate everyone in the house, including the enslaved humans. The LaLauries refused to surrender their keys, which <gasps> means the husband was complacent, if not perpetuating. Refused to surrender keys. So bystanders had to break down doors, finding seven people. I'm going to tell you, and then you tell me if we should keep them. How's that? Okay, I'm bracing myself. I'm really not ready for this. I really don't want to hear, but I mean... I mean, it, it, we're in for a pound and for... What? What is it? In for a penny and for a pound. pound. I mean, this is what really happened to them. I mean, I, yeah, it's history, and I feel like we shouldn't forget that. Otherwise, we're doomed to repeat it, but I just want you to know I don't feel good inside. I'm sorry. Okay. They were mutilated. No. Hanging by their necks. No. Their arms and legs stretched and torn. No. Oh, God, no. One of the bystanders was a judge named Jean-Francois Canonque, who reported finding one enslaved woman wearing an iron collar and another with a deep head wound. Mr. LaLaurie, as befitting any arrogant white man whose pantaloons have been aired out in the public, complained that Mr. Canon was meddling in other people's business and ought to stay home. I do think that you should keep it in because I don't think that it's for sensationalism or titillation. It's to show how, how poorly treated... These people were and how awful Delphine is. Yeah, this I and her husband. I really struggle with doing this episode because, but like every time people do episodes, they don't actually talk about what happened to the humans. They they sensationalize her. Yeah, I, ugh, I like I feel like physically sick. <laughs> how, oh, horrible. But there's an end. Okay. Okay. There's a genuine end to the story. I really hope that she's like eaten alive by ants. There were plenty of other neighbors who wanted to meddle in the Lawlery's business, though. A mob attacked the mansion <gasps> and basically destroyed everything except the walls themselves. So when people say, well, did no one do anything during the time that slavery was allowed in the United States... This is an example of people did act against heinous crimes. Is it a good enough example? No. But this is a person. I think we can agree that Delphine LaLaurie was an actual psychopath by the technical definition and that her husband, uh, Leonard LaLaurie, was complacent, if not also one. Yeah. And the fact that she beat her own daughters who were trying to help these people. Yeah. And so they go into this house and they destroy it because they're like, no, no one should live like this. Nobody. It's, it's, you know, it's bad when there's a line in the sand. Yeah. About slavery. Exactly. People are like, guys, I think you've gone too far. That means you've gone way, way, way too far. Way too far. In a place where it is legal to own other human beings and it is not okay to ever treat someone like this. And the fact that they had an illegal cruelty clause, that's a weird way. It makes me wonder, like, what? where did it come from? Did someone else do that? <laughs> Let's move on. I mean, 
I don't think that I knew that there was an illegal cruelty in New clause. Orleans. Oh, just in New Orleans. Yes, I can only speak so, to okay, New Orleans. So okay, so it wasn't like nationwide. One thing that is a bit annoying about what happened is over 4,000 people visited the local jail to see the LaLaurie slaves. And the Wait, why were they in jail? I guess that was the only place safe to keep them. Oh, okay, okay. I Okay, that does That's sense. what made sense to me. I mean, I don't know that it makes sense, but it... I understand. I'm. I look. They're all stupid back then, right now. Like. I guess like people can't get in. Well, they went to go see them, and they wanted to see the extent of the mistreatment for themselves. Mm. And I hate that because to ogle at a human being. Yeah. After what they've gone through is disgusting. I mean, yeah. they've been through right. enough. Yeah. Um, another newspaper reported several weeks after the evacuation that two more slaves had passed after their rescue and the bodies that had been discovered in the yard and down a well were uh, the reported deaths in the LaLaurie house, including the eight-year-old girl who had, quote, fallen, end quote, from the roof. Even with mob justice out for her, Delphine, being the rich white bitch that she was, Decided to fuck off to Europe to avoid punishment. Ah. Ah, what all rich white women did back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a bit of trouble? I guess I'll go to Europe. I'll do Europe. I'll go on a tour. I I just, I need need some, I need some European time. Away. I mean, it is my dream to, like, take a sea cure, you know? Like, like when they used to have, um consumption oh yes and you'd go take a sea cure and you'd be like madison but you live in los angeles and you live near the the ocean that's different and that i'd be like but no i want to be in italy it's a different type of ocean yeah i want to take a sea cure in the mediterranean you know exactly i want to not be here yeah be like no i don't live in the ocean i just i live in los angeles yeah I honestly will get to the ocean as fast as it would take for me to get to Italy. I used to live 10 blocks from the ocean. See? How many times did I go in six years? I don't know. Three? I think I've been four times since I've lived in Los Angeles. Okay, so. She's in Europe now. She's run away from her problems. She dies in Paris in the 1840s. Oh, Still wanting to return to New Orleans, though her children and other relatives convinced her not to. They oh, said no. They're like, Mom, no thanks. No thanks. We don't want you here. That's not a ring endorsement. ringing endorsement. The fate of the LaLaurie Mansion was to be torn down. After standing in ruins for four years, after that destruction by the mob, uh-huh. it was rebuilt by Pierre Trasteur. And this is the building that stands today. Okay. It was supposed to get torn to smithereens, right? But no, we have Pierre. Who was like, guys, 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 these are perfectly good walls. Yeah. Let's work with what we got. These are good bones. And I think somebody needed to be like, no, they're built on bones. Don't do it. Get this shit. Okay. Additions were made in the 19th and 20th centuries. To expand the building, which was used as a high school, a music conservatory, apartments, a home for delinquents, a bar, and a furniture store. Wow. Because we don't learn. Ever. 
The horrors of the original LaLaurie Mansion were embellished in the 1945 book Ghost Stories of Old New Orleans by Jean Delavine, describing horrific mutilations including gouged eyes and intestines hanging out. Oh, dear. And even further, in the 1990s, in the book Journey into Darkness, Ghosts and Vampires in New Orleans by Kalila Katharina Smith. Smith? So, do we feel like those were all, like, sensationalized violence for, like, titillation? That's the ugh. suggestion. I hate that. It, like, makes... Ugh. It does take the severity of the truth down yeah. a peg, and I hate that. Yeah. Smith was the operation operator of a ghost tour business, and added the discovery of a woman with amputated arms and her skin, quote, peeled off. Gross. Um, neither book cite sources on this information, and the fact that contemporary accounts did not shy away from the horrors that were witnessed suggests that these authors may have been exploiting the story out of pure sensationalism. Yeah. Ugh. Sometimes you don't have to up the ante. Sometimes you could just leave it where it is. Yeah, sometimes the ante is high enough. The stakes were high enough, okay? Madison was sick. I just... Ugh. I mean, like, you know that there are terrible people out there, and, like, obviously slavery was terrible. And then... You hear a first-hand account. Yeah, and then you're like, wow, you you were bad enough. Yeah. You You didn't need to do this. Yeah, you really didn't. So whether these latter-day accounts were accurate or not, it's undeniable that Delphine LaLaurie perpetuated absolute crimes against humanity. Mm -hmm. And it's inevitable that tales of hauntings would emerge from a cursed location. Mm -hmm. The room where the LaLauries often imprisoned their humans, their slaves, is the site of phantom moaning and echoing footsteps are heard. All throughout the house. Man, this is like... I thought I was in for like a fun, spooky ghost story. And now I just like don't feel good about the ghosts. I don't feel like you know excited I about the ghost story now. I feel like this ghost story is further proof that the South is not haunted by old Confederate soldiers. But by the enslaved human beings. Who were so mistreated. Yeah. yeah. Who deserve... A chance for revenge. I was going to say justice, but I think revenge is better. Yeah. I think revenge is better. Yeah, I hope they do. I hope they get it. Uh, people standing near the house report feeling taken over by negative energy. And I believe... No shit. That's because the house still stands. Okay. Yeah. So somehow, somebody got this idea that the haunted site of the brutal abuse of black humans would be an appropriate location for a girl's school. First, an integrated one, then for black girls only. Students would approach their teachers with scratches and bruises on their arms and asked who did this to them. They would say that woman. So had Delphine LaLaurie come back from the dead to continue the abuse she perpetuated in life, which doesn't really make sense because she died in Paris. Yeah, I was going to say, I understand why people would say that because it does have like a there's like a, ooh, quality. But she, yeah, but she, she died in Paris, and are we, like, what kind of ghost rules are we going with? See, I had this ghost timeshare theory, because you know how, like, Al Capone haunts all these places? Sure. So maybe sure. it's like a timeshare. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, sometimes he's in this location, and sometimes he's in this location. And I don't see why not. Why do you got to be stuck to something? What if you are the ghost of, like, I don't know, um, who's someone famous? Dr. Seuss. What if you're haunting, like... Actually pronounced Seuss. Stop it. Yeah, I know. Rhymes with rejoice. And sauce. If you're being sassy yeah. about it. Yeah. Seuss. Sauce. Like, I got lost. I got loist in the soys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so Dr. Seuss, yeah. Yeah, um, Dr. Seuss. Let's not be assholes about it. We can call him Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Back to my point. And, like, you want to haunt eight different locations that you really liked, and maybe the Bahamas. Why not? Who's stopping them? I mean, I guess, like, what are the rules here? Is it you? your spirit is returning to a place where, like, you have a deep connection to because then I think unless you're always in the Bahamas I don't think you get to choose to go to the Bahamas I don't know that's what I'm saying who are we but mortals to make the rules for the afterlife which we don't even know I guess you're right all right so another um paranormal incident happened in the Lollary mansion when it was being converted into apartments oh (laughs) I would live there right I don't know if I would live there you know what I, like I've said I know before, you want to get, yeah, you want to fall in love with a ghost. Well, I mean, yes, but I would also just love to have a ghost roommate. Yeah. But I think perhaps that would be, I think that would be more trauma for the ghosts. Yeah. That I just don't feel like is correct to inflict upon them. Let's let them. Yeah, they should just have, the, it should be apartments and then we leave. And then we leave. It's their space. Mm-hmm. But. One tenant was murdered in his room, and his belongings had been gone through. I know. Like, what you got in there, bud? A neighbor reported that the dead man had said that there was a demon in the house who wouldn't rest until he died. So is the murdered man one of the ghosts that walked the halls? But why is he rifling through his stuff? What's stuff to a ghost? interest <laughs> you know what mere curiosity is a good enough reason sure yeah i'm, I'm not okay. gonna i'm not gonna even like slap that one down okay or was he driven to his death by madame la laurie or the ghost of a tormented person or one of her daughters her daughters are haunting there too i don't know seems like they wanted out of that situation yeah they did but maybe they never got out maybe they she pulled them back in who knows mm-hmm. All right, so since the Lollaries, no one has lived in the house for more than five years. But, notably, Nicolas Cage bought the building in 2009. Huh. And then lost it in bankruptcy. Oh, because he was, yeah. That's why he did so many, like, bad movies, because he was like, I'm poor. I'm bankrupt. Please, I need money. You say he's bad movies. I say, hey, I say cheese fodder. Okay, yeah. Uh, You know what? That's fair. And let's just say that this is the same Nick Cage who I love in Moonstruck. I I, love Nicolas Cage. Thank you for doing crap movies so I have something to put on in the background. Here's the thing. Moonstruck, I love so much. Cher is so incredible in that movie. And Nick Cage is like, he did not get the memo about what the movie was. He was like, I'm going to take my performance to a 13. And it was fantastic. It was perfect. And I had no notes. Yeah, it was perfect. I don't know why Cher is into this man. He is crazy, 
But you know what? I love it. But also, don't you identify with that moment when you're like, why? When he just sweeps everything off the table? Yes, that was that's like the original hot sweep everything off the table and throw me down on it. He Please. took my bride. He oh, took my, my hand. hand. Uh, he bakes bread. He's passionate. He has a terrible haircut. I mean. I love it. I love like opera. I mean, I, I don't like opera. But I do. Okay. I it mean, just seems kind. Of, it seems interesting about him. He has. He has likes. He, he doesn't have. Look, the bar is so low at this point. He doesn't have the personality of an Adidas sandal. I mean, well, the problem is he's just a walking red flag. Like he is just. He he's all anger issues, and I do think that that probably makes for some really hot sex. But share. Why are you marrying him? Why was she marrying his brother? I get it. She's of a certain age. He seems stable. I get it. You're just like, well, I'm running out of time, I guess. No. I'm just saying I understand why she was making a poor choice. Oh, okay. Okay. Then now that we agree, it's a poor choice. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I think she should have married the brother. But then she meets... I just think that she needed a happy medium between boring and secure and Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage with some anger issues. That's 2004 Mark Ruffalo right there. Yeah, that's what she needed, but I don't she think he needed, was ready yet, you know? Yeah, she needed like 13 going on 30 Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. But you know what? He wasn't there. He so wasn't she went there. for Nicholas Cage. She he was not in that bakery. <laughs> Ready to love her. But Nicolas Cage did purchase that building okay. and lost it in the bankruptcy. You cannot cut the um, Moonstruck because... Are you the, kidding? It's the, ba- it's it's the, the end. The, it's the um, most funny, uh, lightest moment in the show. Yeah. yeah. We did our best. Uh, but, you know, some people do buy quirky shit to never let them be used again. And he's a quirky dude. Like, he is quirky. I love Nicolas Didn't Cage. Didn't he buy a lot of castles? If I remember correctly, he bought two apartments in Piccadilly Circus and had them, like, legally renamed Nickadilly Circus, and I respect that. <laughs> uh, I respect that. Uh, Nickadilly Circus. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. Yeah, we should. Sorry to all my British friends. I'm not sorry. A quibby. A quibby. <laughs> <laughs> so, I believe that if this house is haunted, Lollary is not there, Okay. It's 100% the souls who died horrific deaths, like, rage against everything. I just, I hope she's not there because I don't want those souls to have to be anywhere near her for eternity. I just think that that's not going to help their healing journey. I don't want that for them. I do think that if there was a way to create a hell mouth, that was it. Do you think she was trying to create a hell mouth? (gasps) I'm upset, but here's a here's another thing. Okay. Tease you a concept. Marie Laveau is a contemporary, huh. and okay. I wonder what would happen or did happen when she found out what had been done. Huh. That's what I'm gonna tease you with. Marie Laveau like... for everybody at home was like the voodoo queen of New Orleans. Exactly. Was that in her the title? 1830s? Was yes. that her title? What was the? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I think it wasn't a title at the time. But I don't know. Don't ask me. I haven't done the research yet. Um, <laughs> okay. 
I guess we have a phone at our disposal. Yeah, but we're not going to use it because we're lazy. I'm just going to own my buffoonery at this point. Well, she was a prominent businesswoman. And an herbalist and a healer and a big proponent of justice. Yeah. And I feel like she catches wind of this. The fact that that happened in the 1830s and then she went up like uh, and died and went off to Paris and died in the 1840s. Mm-hmm. Teehee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Marie Laveau is the reason that, like, New Orleans is associated with voodoo. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah, and, like, a lot of um, Caribbean and, yeah. um, like, I think it's Afro-Caribbean is the yeah. word. Like, traditions are all come together because of her. Yeah. But at the same it'll be another episode. But there's nothing unsolved about that, but the unsolved thing here is... Why is that house even still standing? Where was the, where's the the peak you promised me that she's burning in hell? Yeah, but like it, her death was un unremarkable. I think to but be honest, was... she's on the same level as Elizabeth Bathory to me. But see, she was unremarkable at her death. And what did she want the whole time? No, she was this big society woman, and died in Paris, unremarkable. In Paris. Yeah, it's easy to be unremarkable there. <laughs> but she was in Paris. And you have to pay to pee in Paris. What is this? You're in town? That's another musical reference, everyone. But my point is, is that they, like, the mob took down the house. I am happy about that. What I hate is that this Pierre schmuck was like, no, nah, I'll just leave I'll it just, standing. No, I'm going to we'll make it bigger. These bones. And we'll make it bigger. And we'll put children in it. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I hate that for us. Yeah. Okay, so I guess when I'm in New Orleans, um, we'll not be doing the La Lurie ghost tour then. Uh, no, unless you want to and you can report back. I don't know. Now it seems like it's going to be like one of those sensationalist things. I wonder, though. I wonder. I don't know. I've never done it. You know, that's true. And, you know, thank you for being on the show today, despite the fact that this was a horrific episode. I, I don't think I was properly prepared mentally for this. It's true. To be fair, I thought you had gone to New Orleans. I was supposed to go to New Orleans, so that's, you know, for the at-home audience. My best friend is just bought a house in New Orleans, and I was supposed to go visit him. And the day before, his partner got covid and so the so, trip has like, been postponed. That's why I was like, hey, Madison, go to New Orleans, check out this place and come back and let's talk about it. And yeah. I found out right before we started recording, she hadn't gone. And then I was like, yeah. oh, well, I guess this is about to be a wild ride. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I also forgot about this until whenever you texted. OMG. Yesterday. So you know what? It's a thing. It happens. Yeah. To all of us. So I was not, I didn't, you know, I was not mentally prepared. It's it's all good. I was, you know, I'm just in the, the glory days of um, the Bell Witch, you know. Oh, that was such a ride. We need to do another one. And I just, I, you know, I was in that mindset. I was thinking, wow, I was Delphine McBee. Nope. Nope. No. She was a shit stain. Yeah. Oh, she was a shit stain. Oh, there's too many shit stains. Shit stain Mallory. Yep. All right, well, thank you for joining us, and tune in next week for us to talk about something not that spooky, because this concludes spooky season. Honestly, spooky season wants to know our hearts all year round. 
That's true. This is that podcast. We are very spooky all the time. So get ready for us to talk about something. Goodbye. I did go on a ghost tour in Catalina, on Catalina Island. Okay, tell me about it. Natalie Wood died off the coast of Avalon. Yes. There's no justice for Natalie, and um, so I don't trust him. Oh, no. Same. Same. Um, so she she can be seen walking along the beach. Did uh, you see her? No, because she was on the other side of the island. Oh, dear. Um, and then Zane Gray. Who's that? He was a Western novel writer. In, like, the 1920s, 30s. He is the one who released all the, I think, the buffalo. Because they, like, filmed a, a western there. And so, for anybody who doesn't know, Catalina Island has a lot of bison, American bison. I do not know. Mm-hmm. Or what we call buffalo. Um, incorrectly. Yeah, so there's a lot of bison. And it was because they were filming, like, a Zane Grey m- movie. Um, and so they think Zane Grey haunts the island and I think you can like smell his cigar smoke or something and then they were like oh and so here are you know we're gonna go through a lot of hotels which one are you staying in and I told them and he went "Ooh, that's on the tour so um there was oh classic there was a great fire a guy tried to kill his mother-in-law by setting fire to the hotel guess what she made it out but like a lot of other people died yeah. Wait. And a, I think a mob either killed him or a mob, like, beat him and so that the police could take him away. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to kill his elderly mother-in-law by setting a hotel on fire. You know. Didn't work. Arsenic is faster. Okay. But traceable. Less, not back then. It was, it was, like, in the 80s. Oh, not like the 1980s? Maybe maybe later than that, yeah. It was like, it was in recent times. Maybe it was like 60s, 70s. But anyway, it was like in modern era. And then the one at my my hotel, I was not staying in the room. But apparently like there are bloodstains that appear. Spectrally. Um, But a, I, I think it was some, maybe in the Navy or something. Um, apparently, this is what he claimed when he, like, was in court. He was sleepwalking, went outside and got, like, a huge flower pot and, like, smashed his girlfriend's head in. And something about, like, severing her neck and they were like, well, but he knows how to do that exactly where because of fishing reasons. So was he in a fugue state? Was he sleepwalking well, or was he just murdering his girlfriend and then pretending? murder is like a thing, apparently. I mean, that's what he was trying to say. I don't remember what happened, but... Um, we should look into it. Yeah, apparently that room is haunted. I love it. I don't remember the name of the hotel, but it was room number two. On Catalina Island, which there's not very many hotels, right? There's not. It also shuts down at 5 p.m. Nothing happens And you can 5. go for free on your birthday. Yeah, on the on the boat over. I wanted to. But I was busy. Yeah, I guess I didn't either. But I do love Catalina. I what know a time. <gasps> really? Let's go. Oh, you should take um like a little they they have like I think Jeep tours and it goes all the way up to the airport at the top because Yeah, there were so many celebrities who were going there that they had like a an airport up there. And you see all these like bison. I love 
Yeah. You would love it. Let's go. Okay. Everybody, we have to take a break because we're going to Catalina Island right now. 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 Catalina Island right now.